beginning from Romans, Corinthians, you know, um, Ephesians, Colossians, Philippians, um, uh, Galatians, all the Shantians, Timothy, Titus, Thessalonians, all the letters of Paul in the New Testament, which is written in the New Testament epistle, after the epistle rather, and the book of Revelation. Now, I believe that if any minister will be successful in life, you must first chew those gospel and the epistle and know them back and front. Because if you look at the gospel, Jesus did a lot of teaching about how to turn an ordinary man to a morally sound man. All his parables. He taught about how to turn an ordinary man to a very committed religious person. And he taught about how to turn a man who has no hope to a man who wakes up every day looking up to something. The teachings of Jesus Christ does not deal with the spiritual only. He also deals with emotions. He deals with relationships. He deals with ambition or vision, attitude towards life, families, relationship between people. And if we go into the book of the epistles from the book of Romans, these are letters that were written either because Paul wanted to just remind the people what he had been teaching them or primarily because there was a dispute and an issue that arose which never happened in the days of the super apostles. Now the church is spreading like wildfire. All manners of people are jumping into the church. Ordinations began to happen from the book of Acts, especially when deacons were all ordained. And we have people like Philetus joining the church. And uh, we have people like um, Eh? <laughs> I say Philetus and Omiletus. <laughs> and you have people like Nicholas, who was a deacon. And in the book of Revelations, Jesus warned the church against his doctrine. And we can see that all these people came into the church. They all accepted Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. And the church was having fun. Until some of them were delegated with authority. No problem. But the moment they were appointed as deacon and they gave them some power, then problem began to emerge. The moment they appointed them as elders, things started happening. And the moment they began to ordain pastors, some people got envious. And you had a lot of challenges. And you know, there is nothing happening in church today that is not happening in the past church. You need to know this. So, our knowledge of these letters, plus, of course, our sound knowledge of the Old Testament, which just reveals how God related with man and how man ought to respond to God to be able to gain credibility with God. So, therefore, I believe that the Apostles' teaching is the center core that can cause the heart of believers to be devoted. 
So if any pastor is struggling with devotion, check your teaching. The second thing that caused the, the success was that the people of the church, they were involved in fellowship, committed to fellowship. They meet in the church regularly, daily, and they met at home daily. You know, in this area, I have heard some people say that, oh, we don't have to worry the people. If people are not worried when they go to work every day, can you imagine they tell you that don't come to work tomorrow or next tomorrow? Your boss tells you that you know there's something happening. People would beg to go to work. And they go to work and, and work for eight hours. How could we then say they should not come to serve their God daily, even for an hour? Jesus said, can't you watch just for one hour? Well, I was born in a home where early in the morning, we, they wake us up at 4 a.m., get us up out of the house. We trek one hour to church every day. From church, trek to school. We close our school in the evening at, at 3.30 wait in the, in the school till about 5, trek to the church. We must be in church every day, 6 a.m., 6 p.m., Monday to Friday. Saturday I go to church again, be in choir practice in the evening. All my life, it didn't destroy me, it made me a better man. My father was a headmaster. So he was very, very committed. A teacher, a headmaster, sometimes he would be in school till late night. Take us to church, go back to school and continue to do his marking and all his job. Therefore, verse 43 says, Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the, by the hands of the apostles. Now let's see. First of all, let's, let's complete the four things in the 42. Devotion to apostles teaching. Devotion to fellowship. Devotion to the breaking of bread communion. And devotion to prayer. If anybody asks me what is the brain behind the success in the head church, I tell you that this is it. We gather every day to pray. The sanctuary is available. Some people come in the day to pray. As we listen to God, God spoke to mommy that she should set up a group called the Shiloh Pillars. And their duty is to read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. And that is to cater for people, some people in church, which they, always, they are night shift workers. So they work all night. And they cannot come to evening services. And she thought that, look, why can't we create something for these people? So that they can also have opportunity to come to church. And then the Shiloh Pillar idea came, came up. And they meet at 10 to 11. During when they read the Bible chapter by chapter and they pray. And we have a strict rule that it should not exceed that time. So that the people can easily plan their own time. They come in 10, they pray 11, they finish. Those who want to wait for fellowship can. Those who want to go to work or any other place can. And when she started this, we have seen a great response because they read the book of Genesis. I think now uh, in, in New Cross, they are the book of um, uh, whether, what? Second Samuel, uh, Sister Kaline. So she is one of the pillars there. 
They are in Second Samuel now. Now let me say something to you. These people who meet and read the Bible, I don't speak if I should go there. Neither does mommy. We allow them to read and share. We want to know what they understand. We can at the end of the time, if we're there, just, you know, now help expound further. Haven't they contributed? They control, they take care of the meeting, not us. Not us. Of course, I live in about one hour away from the church. I can come there every time. But mommy, because she has a passion for this, she will go on train. And come by train from, from Houghton to be with them in Shiloh Pillars. Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And some other times she will come by train. She started the one in, in the cathedral on Tuesday and Thursday. I have my plan that Monday is my resting day. That is the only thing that broke it. Until the group was established, it is my joy to see my members seeking God without compulsion. When you get your members to the place where they voluntarily love God, then you have a healthy church. And that will translate into their commitment to God and innovations of the Holy Spirit that comes to them directly. Really, this very season, I said it to mommy, after this convention, the reflection that I said, I was getting those guys to come and share with the church. And some of you will be shocked. Ordinary members of the church, the depth of knowledge they have in the word of God. So a healthy church must be devoted to the apostles' teaching. A healthy church must be devoted to fellowship, church fellowship, and home group fellowship. A healthy church must be devoted to breaking of bread. Now, I was born in Christ Apostolic Church where only clergymen are allowed to conduct communion. Why it is not wrong, I beg to defer from such principles. Because the church of Acts, the people broke bread in their homes. They were not ministers. To break bread is a privilege given by Jesus to everyone who believes in him. And so in Christ's tabernacle, that's the legacy. That you break bread in church, you break bread every Sunday in home groups. Every Sunday you bring bread in home groups. If you are not in home group, you must bring bread at home. Really, I've done a lot of teaching about the power of communion. It is very, very powerful. And the last one is commitment to prayer. In getting the people to be devoted to prayer, of course, we have the prayer we pray in church every day. And we have the teachings which we teach the people to pray in line with the apostles' prayer. Well, there are some hours the Bible calls pray, uh, the hour of prayer. And that is 9 in the morning, 12 noon, 3 p.m. And then when it gets to 6, it calls it the watches. Hebrew have four watches. 6 to 9, first watch. 9 to 12, second watch. 12 to 3, third watch. And 3 to 6, the fourth watch. Whereas the Romans have three watches. Which starts from 9 to 12, 12 to 3, 3 to 6. And then 9 in the morning, hour of prayer begins. There are many lectures about this that you can go into. When you get believers to be able to do these four things, you have them matured. Help.
healthy, healthy. Now, let me read the result of a healthy church. In a healthy church, verse 43 says, Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done in the hands of the apostles. And in this case, I'm talking about pastors. Because the same thing with apostles happened to the pastor when it comes to the sheep. You will have a church of signs and wonders. You have a church of miracle and manifestations. Because when people have devotion to God, their heart is always ready for manifestation. And that kind of heart is easy for God to manifest himself. Verse 44 says, All the believers were together and had everything in common. There will be genuine love in the church. You remember I told you the other time that when you are communicating your vision, make sure you do not, you are not a person in church who practice ganging up people. You gang some people up, they are the one you let know the things the church is doing, how the church is going. That is vision type. I'm not talking about finance or stuff like that. Vision type. And you exclude other people. Alright? You do that. What happens to you is that the other people cannot run with the vision because you have your clique. A minister should be the same thing to all members. A minister should wish the same thing to all his members. You don't have some members you wish well and other members you don't wish well. I'm talking about healthy church. When I go to my branch churches, these are my branch pastors, I do not seek permission from them to talk to my members there because they are my members as well as their members. I'm their own father. They are the junior brothers. And I do that and tell them they should copy me. Because when I'm coming into church on the road, I meet anybody, I just hug you and I, you know, chat with you, you know, want to know who you are, what you do and stuff. Briefly, when I talk to them sometimes, the Holy Spirit will, I will pick up some issues of their life and I'll just speak into it. By the time I come back, then this happens. You see, those people have confidence in me, not only because their pastors introduced me as their father, but because I have related with them as father. You're talking about healthy church. You can't be too far away from talking about a healthy family in talking about healthy church. What keeps a family healthy is what keeps the church of God healthy. You don't have a church whereby some members are grudging about the the leadership and they don't believe in you because you know you have not related with them as a father and then you are demanding some respect by force which you did not uh, you know really demonstrate or display you must know this you build a church of love where everybody can have all things in common of course that statement is requalified because I've shared with you about different categories of people. So when I'm talking about this, now I'm talking about mature people. Are we together now? You remember? Then the next thing is that it says they selling their possessions and goods. They give to anyone as he has needs. I love Pastor Dapo's testimony. Selling their possessions and goods and they gave. During the crusade I did with them, you were here... Uh, two days ago when Pastor Dapo gave testimony it was, it was two days ago on Monday 
When he gave a testimony, when I was sharing with him the testimonies of what happened here in 90 days, he started sharing with me what happened to them too. And he gave a testimony of a brother who is jobless in their church. He was jobless. And during the period of the crusades, he had warned the people of a crusade that apostle is coming. You know, I told you successively in all my conventions with you, all of you, if you want me to come to your church, if it is just to come and talk to your members, then that is not my position. You are the one that should talk to your people. If you bring me to your church without recognizing that the grace upon me should be used to increase your membership and bring in converts, then I will not come to such meeting. Because you waste me. I told you this year after year, isn't it? And he ran too. But when they were going to do the crusade, he just went to the church that, look, we are doing a crusade, apostle is coming again, and we are using the same place. Last year, they, you struggled a little bit financially, isn't it, on the crusade. You know, because I always ask report from them when I go, when I go to them, the end of the meeting, they come to me and give me reports of everything. So that when I'm going back to London, if I will pray for them, I know what to pray for. And if I will also help, I know what help I can offer. Because I know this is what happened. And last year, we had a little bit of struggle. And then what broke their back last year was that I told them that no offering to be collected in the crusade. Oh, I wondered how that related with them or resonated with them, you know. Because when you do crusade, normally we collect offering. And the Lord said that, no, when we do crusade outside to the ungodly, Jesus asked me, how many times did he collect offering from the outside? I said, none. He said, but I fed them. He said, yes, I should go and do the same. And Jesus said to me that if you do meeting in the church, where did they collect offering? I was in the church where they were giving offering and I saw the widow's might in the church, not in the crusade. But see, when I told them, they just ran with it. And this year, when they announced the crusade, people were giving, and a man who jobless, something told him that, why don't you sell your mobile phone and sow the seed? Well, mobile phone, how much did they buy it? Another question that can come to your mind too. And as he was dialoguing with the Lord, somebody passed by and said that, what a beautiful mobile phone you have. And he said immediately, would you like to buy it? The other one has a job. <laughs> How will somebody come to ask you what a beautiful mobile phone when God was just telling you that? Why don't you sell this mobile phone? If you are looking for confirmation, He just sent you one. <laughs> it's a good one. So the boy said, Okay, I will sell it. Said, okay. How much? Anything you give me. <laughs> so the guy said, Okay, I give you 12,000 naira. Okay. He took the 12,000 naira, ran to the office. He was the first one to give towards the crusade. Selling their properties, they gave. That is my church. church. You see, health in church, healthiness in church, or maturity comes by communication of right information. Feed a child with balanced food, he will be healthy. Deprive some nutrients of the food in the child, then he will be malnourished. Same thing with church. Are we together now? Now, let me say something. They raised one point something million. Two point something million. Yes, two point seven or eight million. Two point one million. So, 
When they raised this 2.1 million for the crusade only, I got there, you know, because I knew last year they struggled. I just said to them, that, okay, now guys, come on, give me the report. And they came in at the end, they were giving me a report. And when I saw the amount they spent this year, it outweighs more than double of last year now. We had the African conference this year. That is what spread them. Because they now have to cater for all our ministers from the Republic. House them, pay their hotel bills and everything and feed them. The ministers that came from Abuja, they paid their hotel bill and fed them. Alright? And they had all other churches that came who were affiliates of, of Christ of Anako, PVM and stuff. They had to do ministers meeting. I just told them that I want ministers meeting every day. They didn't plan for it before. They put it into it. And these things spirocated their bill. But the miracle is this. They sold what they had. Alright? And gave. That's the miracle. And that young man... Before the crusade was to mess him up with blessing. He got a job. I mean, he, his testimony is strange. I think pastor should come and tell us again the fool of this guy. Everywhere he was just getting favored. He's coming in. He's now in a good job. Not 12,000 naira that he, he gave. He sold. He did, he did a bargain with God and he got it right. That is a healthy church. Well, it happened that I had uh, a car, and that car was a uh, Granada. It was a dream car at that time. And so, as we were raising the money, I just felt that, why don't I sell my Granada? What am I having Granada for? When we can't meet up with the, the amount we needed, I sold my Granada, put the money down. When I did that, look, some people went and took loan by the evolution, and they said, well, when I asked them, they said, what my thought is, is that if I want to buy so far, I take loan and I buy so far. Why can't I give it to God and then pay it? Others came in physically, they did all, you know, putting their expertise and skills. We got the building, we renovated the building, we built the building. Everybody who was involved, less than six months, is a different ballgame. A healthy church is a church <clears throat> that does not love the Lord because the pastor said, but they love the Lord because they know that they love Him. It is your saying that will bring them to that place that they would naturally love the Lord. You see, when you spare the truth from people, as a minister, you deprive yourself of success in the future. Three pillars of life I taught you. Don't deceive yourself. Don't deceive others. Don't deceive God. If you keep these three things in your life with God, because the funniest thing with God is that he sees beyond what we're seeing. He's not seeing just our action. He's seeing our motive. He does not bless your action. He bless your motive. What you are thinking in your mind. That's what he blesses. That is what determines whether he can entrust you with greater wealth or not. And I want to say something to you guys. Do you know that as a pastor, your faithfulness to the things of God determines your success in other things? I repeat myself. Your faithfulness in the things of God determines your success in other things. Because some of us may be involved with business, we may be involved in uh, you know, uh, uh, projects and stuff like that. You are begging God for, for support. How will he support you when you are not supporting him? 
Are we together now? We'll talk much about that later on. In trying to make a church healthy, what happens first? The minister becomes healthy. Because the things you are teaching the church is what you are. <laughs> Those things that you teach the church is double-edged sword. As it comes out, it pierces you first before it goes out. <laughs> he doesn't go out first, he pierces you first. Therefore, these four principles, both you and your church must be dedicated to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to breaking of bread, and to prayer. Now, let me give you just a few things. I have five more minutes. Therefore, in bringing this way close, write this down. Principal actions to achieving these four aims. Divide the church into smaller groups for the purpose of fellowship, prayer, and outreach. That's number one action. Divide the church into smaller groups for the purpose of fellowship, prayer, and outreach. Luke 9, Luke 10, Acts chapter 2, 46. Number two action. Acquaint the church with your vision. Things that you must do. Acquaint the church with your vision. You know, when I look at you guys, with what God is revealing to me, <laughs> in a short time, when I come to your churches, your space will become too small. God is dishing you some information that will shame the devil forever. Number two, acquaint yourself. With acquaint the church with your visions. Proverbs twenty twenty nine verse eighteen. Habakkuk two to two to three and second Timothy two verse two. And these scriptures have given you have four components. One, where there is no vision, the people perish. So, acquaint the people with your vision. You know, number two, make the vision plain. Have a method of communicating your vision. By your speaking it all the time, by writing it around your church, there is something I'm going to put around the church, you know, within the before we end up on Sunday, you know, which will, <laughs> it will once you see what I put there, you will know where we're going. I will gather now. We must use every means possible, social media, graphic media, print media, everything, to communicate the vision. Write it down so that people can read it too. Then entrust it in the hands of people, men and women who can run with it. That's Second Timothy 2. Too. Have the heart to raise leaders for tomorrow. Don't don't allow people to just be sitting on peace of your church. If they have sat for two one year, they should be doing something. Let them know this, that they are here to do something. I tell my church all the time, I need you. I want to sit down and retire. I am old enough. I am young enough, maybe. <clears throat> but my retirement doesn't mean fired. I told you. I will sit down here, you preach and cast out the devils out. And if I'm watching you casting devil out, and I see one devil, he didn't go. I will just stand up from where I am. I go and meet that devil. Did you not just hear what he said? <laughs> you are hiding here. You think you can hide? <laughs> out, my friend. 
They carry on. <laughs> That's what I want to start doing after this anniversary. I have worked enough. I have other places to go. I want to go to Boko Haram of Nigeria. Go and look for trouble with all these ISIS and the rest of them. So, number three, teach sound doctrine and correct wrong doctrines. Point out wrong doctrines. Number three. Number four, follow the vision and the prophecy God has given you for your church, your ministry, your work. Follow the vision. You know, when I speak to those of you who are uh, parts of CFT, you in your own local area will also have a revelation, revelation of vision that will come to you on how that can be achieved. You must run with it. I give you global vision. But you are the one that God has sent to your local area. And you have to understand the terrain you are. While you are praying for that vision to be fulfilled, the vision of CFT is that the least church, the smallest church in CFT should be 1,000 people. Because the, book, the Bible says in the book of Isaiah, the least of you will be 1,000. And the smallest imagination. And you have to interpret all what I'm teaching you into how can we achieve this? Okay, we're going to do this, we're going to do this. Those are the things I'm teaching you. And go for it. Number four. That's what I've given you now. Number five. Be an example. Be thou an example. First Timothy 4, 7, 8, 11 to 15. Be thou example in everything. Lead the people. Don't follow them behind. They are going for evangelism, be there to lead them. They have night vigil, be there to conduct it. They are going to the streets, go there with them. Anywhere they are going, go with them. Be the example. The, the example they can see. Prayer, you must not have set, uh, ask for prayer while you are sleeping. Number four, uh, six, respect everyone and teach people to respect one another. First Timothy Five, one to two. We're talking about healthy church. It's a church where everybody respects one another. Number seven, raise a praying church with great passion for soul winning. A praying church with great passion for soul winning. And that is Matthew fourteen twenty four. And the last one, number nine, teach everyone on the importance. Of soul winning. Let them know. That is their breath. That is the only thing you can do for God that can please him. He that winneth his soul is wise. Those who are wise are shine like the brightest of the sky. That's what the Bible says. The, the most effective approach. The most effective soul winning. Is one person winning one. It's not television. It's not crusade. It's not billboard adverts. It is one person winning one person. While all the other methods have their impact, and also their impact not, not really meaning that you have souls immediately, you could impact them, impact people. They may not come to church until six months or one year. They will remember you and they will come. When the devil, you know, corner them, then they will remember the man they watch on television and then they will come. So, but one to one, instant results. 
Somebody went out and told somebody, he brings him in surgery to the house of God. And this is the area that Satan is fighting with all the churches, the church of God on earth. You understand what I'm saying? Look, when we say that we are having convention, it's for one year. You have known it for one year. Then we are preparing for it. We set up various departments for the convention, various groups for the convention. You will expect that everybody will start telling their friends that, you know, we are having convention. You know, we are having convention. How many visitors come each day? So there's a great work to do about that. You know why? Devil fights to that nail. We'll talk about, today's Wednesday. We'll talk about the devil today. Tonight. He fights to and nail to hinder believers. But you see, at the end of the day, if we die now, any one of us die now, the only result, the only thing that we, Jesus will use to give us, uh, you know, reward is how many souls did he win? That's the first question. Because that is the only thing that, you know, only thing that, you know, pays for the death of Christ. Therefore, three principles to remember. A praying church. I'm sure you have been blessed tonight, today. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> Let's put our hands together for the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, for everyone that have been watching us, I want to say this to you. Three things that you should remember. A praying church is a powerful church. A work church is a strong church. And a family caring church is a growing church. If you can commit your people to prayer, devotion in prayer. If you can commit them to the devotion to the word of God. They cannot be blown about by everywhere of doctrine. If you can commit them to fellowship. That is love within the church. Then you are a healthy church. Until the next time we come across your path. May the Lord bless you. God bless you church.